0: All right. Hey, welcome to the uh, Steve and Captain Evil podcast. Our new Captain Evil today is Eddie. <laughs> What's up?
1: Is this the first time she's being replaced?
0: You're literally the first one to replace <laughs> really? her, dude. Oh, wow. Um, but on a serious note, guys, real quick, um, Renee is not here. Um, she is dealing with uh, some family issues, as you guys know, uh, and she is in Houston, Texas at the moment at MD Anderson. So, I don't have an update for you on daddy Raymond. The only thing that I will ask is that you continue to keep us and him in your thoughts and prayers. So, um, I'm excited, uh, about having Eddie on the, the podcast and, and Eddie, like, I don't know if you've seen our podcast, but it's very, it is very husband, wife oriented. Yeah, it's that's very why I usually tune out. But... <laughs> yeah. That's why you have no business watching, um, but we, don't, we like to keep it honest and, and real and, and very family and, cool. and husband and wife. But I am a comedian, and there are moments that, that we kind of dive into um, the world of comedy. Now, Rick, our producer, is, is what you would call a, a comedy aficionado okay. or a comedy nerd, if you will. Yes. So anytime we talk stand-up, he loses his shit. He loves it. So mm. I thought that we could kind of get into... First of all, how many years you've been in comedy, what you do in comedy, and where you are now? So I started working for Russell Peters, who's a pretty popular comedian. I was with him for 15 years. But wouldn't you say, you know, to to interrupt on that, but Russell to me is like like an anomaly. I remember, you know, we worked together in Sacramento, Mm -hmm. and his fame is so weird. Because I remember walking through the mall. Right. 80% of the people in the mall, just walk by him, no clue. But the 20% would lose their shit. Not like, oh my God, Russell Peters, like lose their shit. Yeah, he says Chris Rock once told them uh, he's the biggest
1: comedian that no one's ever heard of. Right. Right? And uh, international, though, is, is a whole different story. But yeah, it's like he's not mainstream, but he sells
0: Tickets, you know, you could do some arenas. Well, shoot, I remember it's, going to visit you guys and watching Russell do the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's a Microsoft, but Microsoft, I mean, 7,000 yeah. people there, so... I mean, it, th- yeah. it, so
1: how did that come about for you? Um, it, it's a crazy story, bro. I, I Before I worked for Russell, I worked at a bank doing loans. Consumer loan specialist I planned on making in my career. I was really good at it. And uh, my mom, she's unemployed, goes to the swap meet, sells her perfumes, colognes, whatever she gets right. her hands on. And one day she comes home with a box of facial products and she asks me, hey, why don't you help me sell this stuff? It's like, what am I going to do? Go door to door? You know, what do you expect? She's like, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. It's really good stuff. I don't know. I'm sure Renee's heard of it. Uh, Dermalogica. Really expensive, high-end, right. fucking wrinkle creams and all kinds of stuff. And your mom, it fell off a truck? <laughs> her friend that works at the warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Her friend that works at this warehouse gave Found her this box. some. Yes. Found some. So I started listing them on eBay. Right. Made a killing, dude. In, in less than two weeks, we sold everything. And I was like, hey, where'd you get this stuff from? Yeah, my friend, he works at the warehouse. I was like, keep buying and we'll keep selling. Right. Long story short, the stuff that we were selling was stolen. <laughs>
0: Like I said, <laughs> fell off a truck,
1: and we got sentenced to six months jail time with a felony. You and your mom, me and my mom, we got charged with receiving stolen. I mean, injuries. there's some, you know, there's some shit you can do with your mom,
0: but go to jail together. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the amount of shit that my mom had in her house was valued at over twenty thousand oh, dollars. So because of that, the cops came to my job. Didn't didn't handcuff me, but they're like, hey, you got to come with us. They put us in jail. Uh, felony. We got sentenced to six months jail time. I lost my, my license, my notary, you know, studying to be a financial advisor, all of it down Gone. the drain, down the drain because of Thanks, this Mom. felony. Yeah. You know what? I try not to give her the blame, right? You know, I, I was helping her out, but the eBay account was in my name. PayPal was in my name. I was considered the mastermind of the operation. And uh so I used to go to a lot of comedy clubs right. before while I was working living at the in bank. Los Angeles. Living in LA I used to go to Laugh Factory lot. Uh, Benny Mena, who yeah, yeah. is the one that got me into this comedy world as far as introducing me to comics, I became really close with Felipe Esparza. He used to bank at my credit union and, and uh I used to cash his checks so child support wouldn't take his money. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> and then uh he introduced me to Russell and that's how me and him hit it off. So me and my mom turned ourselves in November of two thousand and eight and we were sentenced to do six months jail time. My mom did two days. I don't know if the jail was overpopulated or, you know, the computer right. just randomly selected her and you? three months. Oof. L.A. County, Men's Central Jail, Twin Towers. I was back and forth. Sleep,
0: wake up, eat, sleep, wake up. Yeah,
1: but, you know, after two weeks of hell, that's a whole nother story, but after two weeks of dealing with General Pop and, you know, the politics and what said I claim and stuff like that, which I wrote with the paisas, and um, then they moved me into the trusty dorm, which they call the Holiday Inn of the Jail, Right. and it was, it was a piece of cake after that, but, I mean, it still sucked, you know, you have right. to... Use are restroom. You're in jail. Yeah, you have to use the restroom in front Your of Your whole world uh, is half the size of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, it was horrible. But when I got out, <clears throat> Russell, who I had hung out with a couple times, invited me to hang out with him. And uh, we hit it off. And I got out January of 2009. You know, it's when the housing market crashed. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. Have a felony on my record. Imagine trying to find a job and with the money I was used to making. And in August of that year, Russell asked me if I wanted to work for him full time. So from January to August, I would hit the road with him a couple times. He'd have me house sit for him, and I would just
0: do what I could. Well, I remember, you know, when I I think I met Russell, in probably if I were to guess, 05, or 06. Was it okay? Yeah. So I was he already... was. He had just blown up. Yeah. And he, I was, I was hosting, I was opening, not hosting, I was opening the Doghouse Comedy Jam. Where's that, and, in L.A.? In and, and San Francisco, okay. It was 20,000 people. Chappelle was on it. Um, Jamie Foxx was on it. Um, Mencia, Gabriel, Ralphie May. I mean, the lineups are, are, are stupid, right? David Allen Greer, David uh, Tell. I mean, it was like 15 of us. I'm like second. Mm-hmm. There's like the shitty opener, and then there's like, hey, here's this guy that you might not know or might know. And then... Well, what, ha- what happened was that Russell and I had to share a green room. Oh, really? Okay. What's... And nobody was talking to us. <laughs> like everybody was hanging out, doing their yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and me and Russell were kind of the, you know, new to the scene. Yeah, I don't think he was even living in L.A. yet. He was not Did living he? in L.A. Yeah. And I remember the, the like everybody at that time was like, because he ended up with like a later spot. Mm. And people were talking like, who the fuck is this Russell Peters guy? Well, we're talking about the Bay Area here. Dude, he walks on stage and the crowd lost their shit. And I remember every comedian came out of their green rooms to walk on stage and to see this guy. Because they were like, why are the people losing their shit? And then Russell and I ended up hanging out the whole night. That's how me and Russell became friends. Was through that, and then I met you later on, of yeah. course. Um, he, with he um,
1: yeah, he moved to LA around 06, and I started with him at the end of uh, in the middle of 09.
0: But so I he mean, was still fairly new to LA. You got to be a part of, of arguably one of the biggest world tours of all time, definitely. We've done a lot of international dates, and that's,
1: I mean, man, I got to travel the world with this, this guy, and uh. Before working for him, the furthest east I had ever been was Las Vegas. <laughs> furthest north was Santa Barbara. I never right. really had I even been to San Francisco. What does your passport look like? Just oh, dude, yeah. I had to add pages because pages. of him. Yeah, so uh, he's he was a big blessing, man, in my life. And I recently parted ways with him, to get into management, and and now we're
0: working together. But does he does he change his material when he goes different places? or no. once he works on an act, that's the act.
1: That's the act. I mean, you know, he's known for his crowd work, so he does a lot of crowd work when he relates to the people and the place he's in. But um, I mean, everyone's just so so caught up with with the references because of the internet nowadays. I mean, well, I've always
0: here's what I've always said about about Russell. Russell is is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Um, and his memory. That's the one thing where I say I've never met anyone dude, with a memory like his. He, to this day, yeah. texted me on my wedding anniversary.
1: Man. To
0: this day. Because he was going to DJ my wedding. Mm. And he volunteered and came up to me and said, dude, I want to DJ your wedding. Um, I'll fly myself out there. I'll, You know, the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, he couldn't make it. So then Russell paid for my DJ. Dope. Because yeah. he was like, "I'm sorry, I was gonna be right. your DJ, I can't." But every every year, I get a text message from him: yeah. "Happy wedding anniversary!" On that day, and I got married forever ago. And the fact that he still remembers yeah, his memory is crazy. My but, per- it's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, now one of my one of my favorite stories. Before we move on with with uh, uh, you and and what you got going on um, when we did Sacramento together. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know, and and at that time, I was already headlining. I was already doing my own thing. I wasn't making a lot of money as a headliner. How did that mm-hmm. even come about? Him inviting you, or, I barely even remember that week. Man, weekend, I, I I ran into Russell at the comedy store or something, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Hey, I I want you to. Are you open? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to do Sacramento with me." And I I was actually doing Sacramento like four months later as a headliner, and at that time, I was with. Um, was I with Gersh? I might have been with Gersh. Mm-hmm. And then Gersh was like, well, actually, this is a good opportunity right. because Russell fans aren't your fans and you can perform in front of them and then invite them right. to your show. So well, I'm you- like, yeah, Russell, I'll do it. But what maybe, it, was, it was Dylan Garcia yeah. with us. And I remember we go into the mall and, and Russell, God, he's so generous. He was like, everybody pick something out and we're in <laughs> Louis Vuitton. And I immediately, <laughs> I immediately walk outside. Right. And then Russell sees me walk out mm-hmm. and he comes to me and he goes, Steve, I'm buying everybody mm-hmm. a gift. Go get a gift. And, yeah. and I told Russell, I said, first of all, thank you. Second yeah. of all, I will not accept that gift. <laughs> Third of all, I don't fucking want anything from Louis Vuitton. <laughs> like I wear cowboy boots, right? I, I wear cowboy boots. Um, but I remember and you probably don't even remember this. Dylan Garcia buys a pair of Louis Vuitton shoes. That Russell bought him. I they're, remember him rocking them. They're yeah. like 1800 bucks, <laughs> And then a few weeks later, he got rolled in L.A. and beat up. No way. For those shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going, that's exactly why I didn't buy any Louis Vuitton shit. I don't want to get beat up. Um, but your love for comedy, where did that come from?
1: I still remember the first comedy special I ever heard. And it was an audio uh, on, on an iPod. It must have been ninety five, ninety six. It was my cousin put some music into my iPod and I'm just going through my iPod and and I hear a comedy special and it was uh Fluffy. Gabriel. Gabriel Iglesias, yeah. the very first special I had ever heard, like listened from beginning to end, our, our set. Loving and it. I got hooked on that special. I don't even think it's it's something that's not on YouTube or when I was at. Right. It was probably just a set he did that he used to sell on CDs. Oh, or he he downloaded it on onto right. an iPod, and it was the one where he talks about Felipe and you know that that set that kind of put him on the map too. Right. But I shared that with all my friends, and then and then I met Benny through a cousin who used to run Latino nights yeah. at the Laugh Factory. Did you ever do that date? I used to Are you, yeah on Monday nights.
0: Well, I, I, you know, I talk about it on the podcast when I moved to L.A., I was only allowed to do Monday at the Laugh Factory, mm. Taco Tuesday at the Comedy Store, mm. Refried Friday at the, you know. So, yeah, I would do the when I first got there, that Monday was Mexican Monday at the Laugh Factory. It was a huge night.
1: Yeah. And this
0: guy, Chris Martinez, who, who knows where that guy is now, but he was running it at that time. Mm-hmm. He was the gatekeeper. So, who's, who was your cousin? He was just a friend of Benny's. And, oh, uh, just hanging out.
1: Just hanging out that would go to the laugh factory all the time. He invited me and I got hooked. I would go every Monday. That's the only place I knew I can, you know, I knew Benny and he'd get me in sometimes or I didn't have to pay admission every right. time that I went, which I did sometimes, but did, did, that's how I got hooked. Did doing stand-up ever cross your never, mind? Never. Never. No. Not even now. No way. No? There's no way. What
0: was the biggest show in India? That you guys did.
1: India were, were maybe seven, maybe 7,000, but I mean, he did O2 Arena, which was 12,000, 13,000. He could do 12,000, 13,000 13, in, in Sydney. You know, he could do a, a big place in South Africa. Canada. Singapore, Canada. <laughs> yeah. I can name a few different countries
0: where he can do, you know, a huge theater or even arenas so just to give you an example and, and i I'm, I'm going to be close to the number, and it's somewhere in the ballpark. his one of his most successful years doing stand up was a seventy million dollar year yeah,
1: if I remember on Forbes list, you know they have that list and, and he was up there. I think it was forty, but forty I mean yeah, yeah. Still, but, but it was like think about it. it was
0: like Russell... Seinfeld Seinfeld. <laughs> Kevin Hart, yeah, yeah. Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. Like, it was insane that the amount of, of numbers um, he was doing. But never, never the feeling of, I could do that. But, um, no, never, never thought about that. Never. Never, never.
1: I don't think I ever will. And, you know, everything's gone full circle because, you know, I decided to try to get into management, and now I'm working for – the guy who manages Fluffy. And me. Yeah, and, and that was the first comedy special I've ever heard. That's crazy. That is so, <laughs> so crazy to think
0: like. Well, but that was kind of you know because it, what and that's another thing is that that when you went to Russell's house, every celebrity that you could imagine would be there. Yeah, and that's how me and Russell hit it off. We were into the same music, loved boxing, MMA. But and- I mean, you'd go to his house and John Favreau would be there DJing. And yeah, he DJed uh, one of the, our New Year's parties. So that had to be fun, right? Yeah. Where all the celebrities that you got to meet and hang yeah. out with, yeah. and boxers and, you know. Yeah,
1: hip hop artists. That, that was, for me, that was a big thing. And then we lived two houses down from Vince Scully. For me, that was the biggest thing. That's awesome. And, and I got to go say hi to him. And, you know, that's one of the only times I've been starstruck. Yeah, just because my earliest childhood memories were listening to him on on the radio and watching them on TV because of my dad. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been
0: some of the perks with the job, right? Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, Timmy, my road manager, he goes, dude, I live the same life you live without the bullshit, right? He's like, I'm (laughs) on the same planes. I'm on the I'm staying at the same hotels. Tim picked me up Um, from the airport. We were talking about that a little bit. So he was like, dude, I deal with none of the celebrity, none of the bullshit. And yeah. I still get to do all the same things you get to do, yep. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and yeah. you guys, and then Russell had a house in Vegas, so you guys stopped around Vegas for a Vegas while. Vegas a lot. He moved a lot, but yeah, I got to enjoy all that for 15 years. So it was, it was awesome. So then moved on, joining this new management. Mm-hmm. Now you're touring with with one of the biggest comedians mm-hmm. in the world, also, which is Gabriel Iglesias.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I'm I'm just uh, wherever. Help is needed is well, pretty much what I'm doing right now. What are the
0: things that you could say that all comedians have in common? And then let's talk about like the differences. Are there patterns that you go, man, you know, I've worked with these comedians. Yeah. Now I'm working with this guy. Like there's things that in, uh, to be a comedian, you have to be out of your mind. That's what I tell people. You have to believe that you belong on that stage and that all these people are there to hear what you have to say. First of all,
1: you got to love doing it, right? Right, Um, And also, um, I mean, everyone that I've worked with now is like, everyone's so observant. You guys are always wondering how can I turn this into a bit, bit, right? And then one thing I, I say that all comedians need is to not have to worry about everything else. Like you take care of, As much as you can, so all you have to worry about
0: is getting to the club, getting on stage. But don't you think that in my, from my experience, the very, very successful comedians Mm -hmm. are also control freaks. They want to drive. They want to, you know, uh, I I don't, I, Timmy could drive. Mm -hmm. I drive. Yeah. You know, um, I remember watching that documentary with Ray Romano. Ray's got to drive, right? Um, and even though, <laughs> yes, we should only focus on right. the dick jokes, we want to t- focus on everything.
1: Yeah, but I'm <laughs> talking about things just as, you know, making sure. The little got, bullshit. Yeah, you got your right. shit in, in your green room. Right. You know, making sure sound's set up, making sure the lighting, just as much as possible, right, so that you don't have to worry about. Well, what, what I have learned. Do you do sound check when you go on stage? And I you don't do sound check. Yeah, you don't, you no, don't, don't worry do about soundcheck. none of that, right?
0: Timmy goes and does it, right. and... You know he handles it or whatever, but for I did not know. I didn't. I, I did not know what came with fame, and I'm not that famous. I am. I am becoming more famous mm-hmm. and recognizable. Oh, what,
1: what didn't you expect?
0: It. It's. It's hard. Yeah. I love people, mm-hmm. and I love to observe people. I love to be out. I love to be out having a drink, and. and I am no longer anonymous, right? Like, if I go somewhere, I, I feel the people staring at me. Yeah, you almost have to you be know?
1: on your best behavior, right? You have like to be. If on you're your at best a bar. You can't. You
0: can't go. You can't go crazy. Can't go nuts. You know. And then and then it gets to the point where, like, if, let's say for example, I don't know, four weeks ago, touring with Jimmy Schubert in was it Orlando? Mm-hmm. Right, My friend, Fred Vela, he goes, hey, there's this great bar that I run because he runs all these bars. He goes, come on. And I go, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Like, Let's go. So we go. And then before you know it, one person comes over. Oh, my God, I'm a big fan. Right, Draws attention. Draws right t- then other people go, well, who is that? Who is that? Even if they don't know who you, who they they you are, know they who want I to am. take a picture. Then they want to take a picture. Or mm. I see them at the bar and they're like, showing yeah, videos yeah, yeah, yeah. of me going that's that's you know and it, and it and for me it is a very very uncomfortable feeling
1: yeah for me. and i've seen other comics where they make it work but i was like how does he do it like bert kreischer i got to hang out with him one weekend and he tells the audience hey after the show i'm gonna
0: be at the bar next door whoever wants to come hang out so i used to do that too Shit show man but, it, I, but like, it, I used to do that too but it has become yeah well, yeah a shit show right and don't get me wrong. I am the most. I, I, I prefer for you to come up and shake my hand. I prefer right. for you to ask for a picture than snickering in the corner or sneaking gets, some. Yeah, you know, making me uncomfortable. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I I miss the days when my opening act would go on stage at the comedy club, and I would sit at the back of the room, and watch. Right. And enjoy. And now, if I walk out that green room, that I just screwed up. The opener set. True. Because then yeah. everybody goes, oh, that, 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 yes, that, that you true. know. And, and it just, I didn't know that, that that was part of it. I have so much, and I'm not even that famous. So when I think about the Brad Pitt's of the world, mm-hmm. or, or even the, the type of fame that, that uh, Justin Bieber has, or Selena Gomez, or, uh, uh, you know, Michael Jackson, where people, yeah. where you literally cannot go anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere. And it's one thing to be famous. Like, it's uncomfortable for me. And, and like, like Gabriel, I mean, you know, I can put my hoodie on, go through the airport, baseball hat, and I'll get, yeah. I think that was Steve Trevino. Yeah, But Gabriel I've is been 400 on pounds. Yeah.
1: yeah, I've traveled with him a few times now, and, and uh, it's a whole other level of attention that's like, and he handles it well. I mean, he'll never say no. Right. He could be tired as hell. We got morning flight, you know. He's got his sunglasses on, just wants to get to the plane. And man, it, yeah, it's I admire people that can deal with that. I mean, Brad Garrett, right? Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever met him. No, but I know your story and how
0: your son. Why, oh, your, son's, man. why he's, your son's called Garrett? And he's one of the sweetest guys in the world, mm-hmm. but he's also seven foot, right? And he's he's on TV. Every single day, mm-hmm. twice a day. For how long, three, though? Yeah, right. <laughs> so he, is, yeah. he walks to the casino and you're already yeah. looking at him because he's seven foot. And then you yeah. go, oh my God, that's Brad Garrett. Yeah. And I remember Brad telling me, he's like, look, we chose this. Yeah. He goes, when you're in your home, you get to be private. But when you leave your house, we chose this. Mm-hmm. Be kind to these people. And I am always. Overwhelmingly gracious because I live a beautiful life because of Mm -hmm. the people that that support me. But you know, when you start, I'm like the scary part is that I am getting to that. Wait until you start getting fan mail that you can't keep up with, which is happening.
1: Yep. You know, and wait until people start finding your address.
0: Oh, it already happens here. You know, I'm friends with the sheriff. Sheriff's here, and (laughs) they'll come by with a friend. Hey Steve, can you say hi to my friend? And I don't mind, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like whatever. But and it's a little, you know, intrusive, it, right? It's a but little it's, intrusive, it, and and I'm always outside um, mm-hmm. cutting the yard, and and you will see people drive and then slow down. Yeah. And then they're know. just looking at me, you know. So it is a little in, intrusive and a little scary, and I am getting to that point where the Burt Kreischer's and um, Tom Segura's mm-hmm. and uh, Joe Coy and Gabriel. To where it's like, man, it just keeps getting bigger and yeah. bigger. But you wouldn't trade bigger. it, right? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't <laughs> trade it for the world. Because, I'll tell you why. Because, and I think maybe Russell and, and, and Gabriel and, and Joe Coy um, are, are similar in that way, I think. I think of it as such a blessing to be able to make people laugh. Because ultimately, I am a giver. Mm-hmm. I'm a giver. I'm an entertainer. You come to my house, everything's perfect. I want to entertain you. And, and, and when I entertain that audience, that's what makes me feel great. That they yeah. chose me as their entertainment that right. weekend. They got a babysitter, right? And then I get to be their entertainment for the weekend. So that, that part is spe- And then when it gets real, real, real is when I get people say, you got us through cancer
1: right those are yeah i've always seen those type of stories which is like man how can you not love that love it when you, when you've you've made an impact on someone right. like that so
0: what are the differences working with gabriel and and russell equally i would say famous <clears throat> yeah i mean i, I think th- gabriel might be more <clears throat> famous oh, than yeah, russell oh yeah a lot more i yeah. mean as
1: far as in the us and um i can't really tell you right now cuz you know i'm still still new and I've hung out with him just <clears throat> a month. But, um, I mean, just him being recognized is is way next level. Right. But know? he flies private a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we've been doing comedy club runs, so it feels like what I've dealt with before. And even if we fly private, I mean, I guess that's one of the cool perks, too, Right. with someone of that.
0: And you're getting there, too, right? <laughs> Keep it to yourself. <laughs> but but you know what and 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 and, and yes but it, it it is it is a time machine and and it is about convenience and and for me especially and you know Gabriel does not have kids but me especially how do i make it all work for sure right i've cut down mm-hmm. on my tour days already so that i can be home with my family cuz i am i am a i am a family first mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you you, right. w- you want to take the earliest flight home, right? You're yep. not you're not sleeping in anymore and catching in. an afternoon nope. flight because you wanna get home too. I your wanna get kids. home. I yeah. wanna be
0: the best dad I can be and the, right. and the best husband I can be. And and I absolutely love, love, love being a family yeah. man.
1: And I saw that with Russell when before he had his kids, you know, we would take afternoon flights. Yeah, yeah fuck it, sleep in,
0: yep. party the night before.
1: Yep. Once he had his kids, fly fly home the next morning. But there's nothing wrong with that, right? You you just try to and and you this you're at that point where you can choose your schedule, right? You yep. don't have to work a
0: full weekend now. Which yeah, is we do, great. You know, like this weekend, I'm doing Friday in in, in Phoenix, Saturday in yep. San Jacinto, and then I get to come home. Yeah. Right. Um, but I will say, and <laughs> I might be setting myself up here, but um, we get spoiled.
1: Yeah. I see the way the clubs take care of you and and you know they cater to you and want to make sure you're happy because they want you to come back. So <clears throat> it's nice, right? I mean, it, you get it, treated you tr-
0: get treated good in most of these places. But it's but it's hard not to lose perspective. Do do you think that some of the other people and I'm not going to say names and you shouldn't say mm-hmm. names either because I love all comedians. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want to talk bad about right, right. any comedian, but we can generally speak and we don't know who you're talking about Mm -hmm. would you say that it sometimes gets to their head or almost they almost live an unrealistic lifestyle?
1: Yeah and I think sometimes some of these comics don't even know they're doing it. You know they might be bragging but it's just what they live and experience so when they're talking to you you're like what's up with this guy? So sometimes it's not done in a intentional way but you can see it
0: as like... So that was a big moment for me at the comedy store. Um, Dave Chappelle had come in. And you remember when Dave was coming back, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Dave would come around. And I remember I'm having a conversation with the door guys. And then Dave joins the conversation. And then I remember Dave said something where he goes... Fifty grand a show. (laughs) There you go. He goes, fuck that. He's like too low. Yeah, too low. He goes, I would never work for fifty thousand dollars a show. And I remember my like jaw, yeah, hitting the ground. Perfect example, right? right? And but that was a moment for me because as soon as he walked off, Mm -hmm. every door guy, including myself, for Mm -hmm. like fifty grand. This year right? changed my life, <laughs> literally changed yeah. my life. And I remember thinking, I, ha- I want to be very aware not to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. There are times. You're just having a conversation and you know, this, it's your life. Right? Another, another great story that, that helped me put that into perspective, my old opening act, Kyle Ray, um, who no longer does comedy because mm. he had a kid. Uh, and he decided, okay, no wow. more traveling for me, right? I remember he said that he was working as an extra on a movie called Master and Commander, which was the, the boat movie with Russell Crowe. Mm. And he said that all the extras are on a boat. There's a scene where they're getting attacked. And then the, the director goes, cut, cut, cut. He goes, guys, I want you guys ducking the whole time like you just got off of your helicopter. <laughs> And, and Kyle was like, I remember, all of us extras look, motherfucker, do you think we have helicopters? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but again, yeah. but that also made me think about it and go, yeah, I, I have to be very careful not to be that guy. But I also find myself sometimes being that guy out of pride because I'm really proud of myself. Of course. It, it's know, hard not like, to sometimes toot your own like, horn. Yeah, and, man, and, I'm like, I'm, I, I get excited.
1: And most people that know you know that you put in the work, I right? My ass you, off, and, you and and you you hustled for a long time before you can actually be comfortable doing this. Right. And and I mean, I'm sure you struggled way more than now that now that you have you're not struggling as much. Right, but, but no, I know I was say
0: for a long time, right? Not only did I struggle for a long time uh, and and I talk about this on the podcast. I struggled and I was funny. That's the Whoa, that, hard part. Yes, right. That's the that's the part that hits you in the heart yeah. where you go, "How am I getting standing ovations in the OR?" Yeah, and the guy that that went before me completely ate shit, but has a career, a real yeah. career.
1: And being in this for no. for as long as I have now, I've I've seen that so many times. was like, why isn't
0: this guy bigger than what he is? Like, and and you know, some people say luck. Some people, and and I I, I attribute it to I was never. And I think that's why me and you hit it off because we have a genuine friendship and and I don't have many genuine friendships Mm -hmm. in LA. I wasn't good at the ass kissing, right? I wasn't, well, and and to be honest with you, there was a comedian that I toured with that broke my heart and Mm -hmm. and made me distrust comedians altogether. So I think twofold. One, I got burned by a comedian and I was like, I'm not gonna let that happen again. I, I, I put that person... In the whole group of, yeah. they're
1: all like that. And you know what? I realized right. that I couldn't be friends with a lot of these guys when I realized the ass kissers that they were. Right. And that made it hard for me to be cool with them just because I saw what it they were doing. It was always do. game. It was always game. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I remember. was like, what can you do for me? Right. And, and they always came with an agenda and, you know,
0: you, you Well, kinda, they knew that
1: Russell took people on the road and they thought, well, if I can
0: get in with right. Eddie, Eddie can yeah. put in a word, right? So it, it
1: made it hard for me to to be able to... I'm not trying to judge
0: anyone, but nah, look, it's, sometimes it's just... I, you know, I remember a comedian telling me one time, he came up to me and he goes, Trevino, you're one of the funniest dudes here. Mm-hmm. He goes, but you you have to play the game. <laughs> right. And I go... I go, yeah. I go, I, I hear you. Yeah. I go, but I don't want to play the game.
1: But you you must feel way better that you were able to do it your way, uh, right? And, and absolutely it was on your terms. And,
0: and and I do believe in God, and I think that there's certain things that happen in my life that God did for me. One, I was gonna be a marine, uh, like my, my I was gonna join the service like mm-hmm. my dad wanted me to, and I am an intense personality. I ended up breaking my back in high school.
2: Mm-hmm. Boom!
0: I can't join, and I always felt like God was saying, "I have something better for you." Right, right. I've right.
1: A- I've always been lucky. I always felt like I've been blessed too. Right. Going to jail. I have something for you. Right. Something better comes along.
0: Something better is going to come along for you, and and I have bigger plans for you mm-hmm. than you dying, kicking doors down in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Right. So that happened, and then now, of course, I served through helicopters for heroes, and then um, this thing happened with that comedian, where I was, I was burned Mm -hmm. and I, I would not have met my wife had I broke early. I would not have become the man Mm -hmm. I am today had I broke early because I was a fucking maniac. I was a maniac on the road drinking as much as I could every single day. It was a party. How many women can I hook up with? All I want to do is party and me getting burned by this particular comedian completely stopped my career, then I met Renee, and then now I am the man that I am today. So those two blessings. Right. You weren't ready yet. I don't think I was ready yet. Yeah. You so know, it worked out. Right? I, I think it I think it definitely worked out. And so I do take a lot of pride in mm-hmm. what I've done. And right? I've enjoyed seeing those comics that you say, like why
1: why isn't he more famous? But I, I've enjoyed seeing these comics where I'm like he's he's going to blow up eventually. And then you see it happen and it makes me really happy for those that I'm fans of, those that I'm that like are my friends. Right now
0: the big one is is Matt Rife. <clears throat> yes. Is that, what you say? Is that I, yep, Rife? yep. And and I saw that. And I'm so frustrated because there's so many people that hate on him. Oh, and, and so many people him. are like but What does it matter? He's right? Here's what's going to happen. Either he is going to be extremely funny and talented mm-hmm. and he's going to deliver a great show and his career is going to continue because he deserves it. Right. Or he's going to be a flash in the pan and he's not going to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. And three years from now, they're going to, we're going to go, remember when yeah. Matt Reif blew the fuck up? Where is he now? So I always say it all comes out in the wash. I remember Bud Freeman yes. saying, he goes, if you're good, you will make it. Yeah. If right. you're good. So if Matt's good, and I don't know if he is or not. I think he is. I, I met him... <clears throat> A long time ago, mm-hmm. he was, I think he was 17 when I met him. Really nice guy. Super humble. Really nice guy. Kind of a, back then, he had this real skinny, goofy, white kid thing about him. I met him in um, Ontario or, or one of the clubs. He came in with another comedian. And they had to, literally, he had to stay in the green room because I remember he was underage. Very, very nice guy. Yeah. You know, he was, and usually when they're kids, they're punks. Yeah. We, and he, he wasn't dealt, a punk. We've dealt with a few of them, right. right? He wasn't a punk. <clears throat> yeah, he was, true. he was really humble. He was really sweet. Well-mannered. When I when I met him, which was probably, I don't know how old he is now, but 15 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, crazy.
0: well-mannered. So I don't know how funny he is. I do <clears throat> know that he, in, in my opinion, from the, the interaction that I had with mm-hmm. him, that he was a really good kid. Yeah. You know? And so, can, so why hate on somebody when, when, at the end of the day, I have learned... It's all gonna work itself out. Yeah, and i I can name a few just off the top
1: of my head that I've seen, and I'm like, he's gonna do well. Tom Segura, uh, you, Jesus Trejo, Felipe. You know, I was hanging out with Felipe before he blew up the right. way he he has now. Um, there's a few man, Gerard Carmichael. I got to uh, he hit the road with with us a, a bunch.
0: Yeah, of Yeah, I, re- I remember you know Felipe was was ahead of me, and I remember like. He would come through Corpus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and go, "God, this guy's really funny, mm-hmm. man! Like really funny." And then, um, you know, he he got that break with Last Comic Standing. Yep. I was there and, at the at the finale. You know, but but there are those guys that you go, "Man, this guy's really funny." I, I look. I remember Tom Segur and I literally standing outside the the Improv like we were lepers. Like we had a disease, yeah, yeah. Like nobody's talking to us. Me and him are chubby kids outside, and I remember literally Tom Segura going, Trevino, when's it gonna be our turn?" Right. Felipe is yeah. another good example of he wasn't ready either. Yeah, he was a, a <laughs> mess, right? Yeah. So, but but it, you know, and then he met his girl, and I mm-hmm. think she keeps him in and check pretty well. has been helpful for him. But it's it it is a um it's a difficult business and and. You know i like to say that one of the things that that i have capitalized on is having a can do do it myself attitude Dope, right i'm gonna do it myself yeah you know I, and again gabriel was one of those guys i i remember meeting gabriel very very early in my career he was the kid at that time because he's not much older than me mm-hmm. but he got a lot of success very very early yeah but when I met him, he was the guy from Brothers Garcia. Damn, that sounds familiar. He did a TV show on Nickelodeon called Brothers Garcia. They're writers,
1: right? Or uh, was it, was it, a was. Show?
0: it was a Jeff Valdez show. Mm. And I remember meeting Gabe and going, Oh man, that's Gabriel Iglesias. You know, and, and at that time, Que Locos was huge. Right. And he was on Que Locos like every other episode. Were you on Que Locos? Never made it to Really? Before my time. Wow. So, before my time, you know, but it, it, I think at the end of the day, because I used to be that hater, mm-hmm. I used to be a hater, right? Last Comic Standing would come out and then I'm working, The I'm headlining improvs and then all of a sudden Last Comic Standing would come out and those guys would automatically start getting weeks at the improv and I'd be like fuck that guy's not funny and fuck him and blah blah Mm -hmm. but they're gone it's just like a sport it's competitive it's competitive it's competitive but now I'm at the point where I'm very secure in my life and who I am comes with age too right comes with age and I I just cheer everybody on yeah you know I I remember being at the the Addison Improv and these open mic kids I was headlining and I showed up the Wednesday before Mm -hmm. where they had the open mic so that I wanted to do some time before my week started, I'm, I'm listening to these open mic kids and all of them were shitting on Larry the Cable Guy. And they were like, oh my God, and what are these joke jokes? And, and I remember going, fuck you guys. Yeah. You have no idea how hard this career is. And And, and it's not just when fans
1: critique and talk shit, but when comics are doing it, See? how do you think the Latino community of comics has improved as far as, you
0: know? No. No, right? And it makes me sad. Yeah. And and we talked about it. I, I, and I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know if it's this machismo bullshit. I don't know if it's a fear of there's only room for one. I I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, is, is very, very sad. Yeah. And when I see photographs of, Chris Rock Dave Chappelle Right Kevin Hart On stage Together Joking around Respect They all call each other the greatest Dave's calling calling Chris Rock the greatest And Chris right. Rock's calling uh, uh, Kevin Hart the greatest And Kevin Hart's calling them both the greatest And they all just help and love each other And it makes me sad for, for my community Because that's never happened Yeah I'm trying to think It's, like, it's never happened Yeah you know, and, it, and it's and not only that, they let each other on stage. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest nights I ever saw, and, and I think I told this story. I'm at the Laugh Factory, and on stage is Chris Tucker. They send Chris Tucker a little note, like they mm-hmm. do. Chris Tucker goes, Oh my God, guys, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle goes up, crowd goes crazy. They hand Dave Chappelle a note. And Dave Chappelle goes, "Holy shit, Chris Rock!" Chris Rock goes on stage. Then Chris Rock goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Murphy!" And he points to the top of the balcony there at mm-hmm. the Laugh Factory, and people fainted. For real, fucking. Yeah. He looked, up, you know, Eddie, right? Eddie yeah, likes yeah. that. Yeah. Anytime he loves being Eddie Murphy. And he, re, he, I remember being in the back and and those little bleacher seats. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I mean, I was looking at fucking Eddie Murphy, right? I didn't even know he was there. And he leans over the thing and he goes yeah. like this to the crowd and people just faint. But I'm thinking like, man. That's a good night, man. I, Yeah, it was an amazing night. But as Latinos, I've never seen anything remotely like that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have been booked with certain comedians to do a show, like mm-hmm. at a casino. And then they take me off the show because they're like, oh, that comedian doesn't want to work with you. Yeah. And I'm like, it's one thing to not like me. For whatever reason, I would never ever take money out of somebody's pocket. Yeah I, I think
1: you 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 uh, that was one of your guesses was maybe um, they feel like there's not enough room for everyone. I, I can see that being a reason, you
0: know because well, it is scary because you know there is usually one at a time, right you know and, and when George gets to the top of the hill, which we talked about on his podcast, mm-hmm. He then goes, well, fuck you guys. Mm -hmm. I figured it out. You figure it out. Right. Which is why it was so heartbreaking for me because here I was trying to bring up another comedian and try to be positive and try to unite the community is what I have always tried to do. And then that young guy that I shouted out then turns around and calls me lame for doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, guy." Yeah, why does this cycle yeah, yeah. continue? And then, as far as like breaking into
1: movies, I mean, who else other than George like uh, been able to break into you know the Paul Paul a little bit,
0: A little bit? Right. I always tell the story about about Gabriel Iglesias is a perfect example. Here, Gabriel Iglesias is selling out arenas, mm-hmm. not theaters, arenas five to seven years before Kevin Hart ever even did it. Yeah. Yet Kevin Hart does it for two years and becomes the biggest star in movies. Mm-hmm. Gabriel is the fat DJ in Magic Mike. How does this guy, what, what's wrong with the system that here's this guy, Gabriel, who obviously has fans, who obviously is a very charming, nice guy. He's selling out arenas, yet he doesn't get nowhere near the career that Kevin Hart got. Yeah, it's a tough one. So you sit there and you go, what the fuck do I got to do? Yeah. And you want to get into acting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to act. I would love to do movies. I'd love to do TV. However, I am getting to the point where, you know, I make enough money here at home and I love being at home. Right. That in order for them to get me to leave home, right. To do a TV show, uh, they'd have to be a, a nice offer. And not just money wise, you
1: you you maybe it's a big part, right? Or it's a good script where you're you're passionate about it. Or I mean, Uh, it's not just you don't mean uh, just by
0: because people don't realize uh, using Gabriel again. Gabriel takes a pay cut to go do a TV show for sure. Like literally, gets paid less to go be on Netflix. Mm -hmm. But he did get ten episodes, so Mm -hmm. it would have to be something like that, right? right? Like I'm not leaving my house to go do your pilot to hopefully get a show. To right. make less money than I make here at home when I could be with my family. I mean, it's a tough situation. You have
1: to, you're going to have to pick the right project that you think will help you advance in that
0: field. It, it, that's why I think maybe movies, right? Because then I take up... Because I'll be honest with you, man. I have been doing stand-up and touring for 20 years. Yeah. Every single weekend. And I, could, I would like to have a break. And to be able to take a break, but still pay feed, my family right. and still push my career forward to go do a movie. That would be awesome. Yeah. Right. Cause then I sell more tickets when I leave that movie, I, you know, it, it continues my career, but like COVID the, the hunger and excitement I got to go, go back. back. Yeah. Right. You know, cause I, at that point before COVID, I was like, Oh my God, man, yeah. you know, uh, another weekend on the road. And you know, and I just I, I'll be honest with you, I was becoming pretty um, jaded mm. with I gotta get on a plane again, right? You're not at that point yet? Where not, you're not right now. No. no because well, I do want to film this material mm. so that I can get excited to write new material. Got it. Um, so right now that we're doing all these secondary markets, yeah, I'm doing markets I never did before. So I get super excited to True, go, right? check this set out. But yeah, yeah. let's take you know uh, other markets that I have toured every year. For the past two years, they've seen this material.
2: Right. So
0: next time I come, I don't want to give them the same material. See? So, But when I go to these new markets, like last week, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. I'm like, ooh, you guys have never seen me. You haven't seen me in a long time. You've just seen what you've seen on TikTok, right. YouTube, TV. Boom, check this out. And I blow their minds with this material.
1: Yeah, it must be great when you go into a new market and let's say you do a small comedy club and then you hit it again and you're able to add nights and you hit it again and, and you see that growth. That must be
0: fulfilling as shit. Yeah, How does um, how do, so Gabriel and, and, and Russell are very similar to me where they write on the road. Mm-hmm. Does, like Gabriel's writing right now, does he scrap everything and then start over? I think so. I mean I know that's what Russell did after I remember after, Russell would do that.
1: Yeah, after a, a special is aired, that's it. He hits the road and just does comedy clubs, hits gets on stage as much as he can and just molds an hour together, which is my favorite time. Then he goes on tour. Yes. A big tour. Yeah. But seeing seeing a comic mold the new set together, especially someone that doesn't write and is just on stage trying well, to figure it out. That's impressive, man. And that's yeah. why I was like, I can, I would never be able to do something like that. And and
0: for me, it's like, um, it is it is scary and exciting. Do you write or just no, all bullet stage. points Memory. on your phone? Nothing.
1: Not even bullet points on no. your phone. Ideas. If you come up with an idea, nothing. It's all in your head.
0: It's all in my head. I I write constantly. So you know, R- Renee laughs because she's like, she'll she'll wake up from being asleep at four in the morning, and I'm still mm. up, mm. and she'll be like what are you doing? And I'm just laying there and I'm like, Oh, I'm writing this joke and I've got this idea for a joke and just piecing it together, I'm piecing Mm -hmm. it together in my head. I'm trying to figure out, you know, I've got this idea right now to do one day all the way through from morning Uh to evening being a husband to Renee and a father to Garrett and Delilah and making that one day a 20 minute bit. Of hilarity, right? Like a recap, like a recap, a recap, and just making it a bit like going to you who don't have kids and (laughs) go. Let me tell you what my life can be. What one day in my life can be, right? From from jujitsu practice to you know, you know, to the and then and then finding those heart heartwarming moments. That's what I love about this set to make that boring shit funny, man. Right, (laughs) (laughs) right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, and I do right. I right, do, you know. Of course, and, and but like right now, this special that we're about to film, it, to me, is one of the most beautiful specials I've written. I mean, I got to see it, and you know, and I can't wait because it has heart, and there's, I can't there's wait. you know, so so not only explaining here's the chaos of having kids, mm-hmm. but here's also these really beautiful moments. My one of my favorite moments of the day is when I walk into my daughter's room, mm-hmm. and she's just waking up. And she looks at me and she says, "Hey, Daddy." Mm-hmm. And I go, "Come here, baby girl." And she's rubbing her, you know, <laughs> she's rubbing the the gunk out of her eyes. And yeah. she's just this like it is the most beautiful thing on planet Earth for me right now. I, I I look forward to it. It is it is it literally takes my heart out of my chest when my daughter wakes up in the morning and her hair's all messed up <laughs> and her little eyes and she's wearing the cutest pajamas yeah. and she has her little Mona. She calls it mm-hmm. Mona. She has her little Mona. She's coming out, and she goes, "Daddy, hold me." And I, I pick her up and squeeze her. That that is the most beautiful moment of the day. But then two minutes later, she's shitting on a wall. <laughs> you know there what I mean? Go. And yeah, it's yeah. like, oh fuck, here we go, right? Yeah. Um, so yes, I'm excited about it. You you were saying that? Why is that your favorite? Is it because of the comedy clubs, or is it because you love the process so much? Yeah, I just love seeing
1: the process. Of someone putting putting it together. And then that makes me curious, when is your favorite time of day? Like it's the middle of the night when you piece your sets together or is it after an experience happens where you're like, oh, I can make this funny.
0: Let me start thinking of how I can... A, a little bit of both, yeah. right? So I will be inspired by a moment mm-hmm. and then I, I put that in my head as, oh man, that's a great moment. That's a great story. What's funny about that? Then I leave it there go about my day, Mm -hmm. and then at night when I'm winding down, I'm like, okay, how does that fit, right? So this story that I'm going to tell and and this joke that I'm trying to write, this 20-minute bit, Mm -hmm. of course it's going to be months of days all put into one. Right, right. Right, so then I have to go, okay, what are all the funny moments that happens in a day with us? How can I put them all in one? Right. So then I go, Oh man, that was funny. Yeah. That's how this morning started. I think that's going to be the morning that starts. So you're a lot like right. Rick, right? Rick, Rick, our producer, Rick, cause he's a comedy nerd. Mm-hmm. He absolutely loves. Yeah. Coming to see me. And then coming to see me six months later and going, Holy shit. Right. I remember that bit when it was like this, mm-hmm. you know, what would you say? That's one of your favorite moments, Rick. Oh,
2: absolutely. And I, the progression you know like coming almost in the middle and then seeing it at the very end we've talked about that with the special you know when, when uh, I saw it like a year before when you're doing the stuff uh, doing the bits and then seeing it actually recorded that's my favorite part of it seeing the progression of the joke
0: but but I also think that there is a there's two different schools of comedy now there's the school of comedy that that people go I'll never write a perfect set mm. Right. I, I I go up there. I do my thing. I ad lib a little bit. I, I'll never put together a perfect set. I'm the opposite. I want to deliver a perfectly written set.
1: So, yeah. So I'm sure you you cut a lot of fat off once you're, you know, progressing with the joke
0: and, and try to tighten it, tighten yes, it, tighten it, exactly. tighten it to where every word that comes out of my mouth matters. Yeah. But I also think that because of that, that's why my stuff does so well on TikTok. That's why mm. my stuff does so well, because of there are course. no wasted words.
1: Now I'm curious. Now, with age, have you noticed a fall off with the way your brain works? Because I feel I'm at 42 years old and I'm fucking
0: losing my memory. You know, like I I feel like I, I no. forget a lot of things now. No, I don't. I don't get tired. Cool. I don't. Uh, I don't get sore. I don't. Uh, very rarely. I cut that tree, the tree, the stump mm-hmm. that I'm burning. Mm-hmm. That tree kicked my ass. Okay. I cut the whole thing down, and it fucking beat my ass. But, man, I don't. You know, people say, man, when you get older, you're gonna feel it. I don't. And I'm just talking about mentally. But mentally, I don't. I feel sharp. I feel. That's awesome. Energetic. And I that's feel, why I feel
1: like it's a special trait, man, you know, for these comics that have, have the longevity. I mean. You know, especially guys like you that don't write. I mean, you got to have something special
0: up there. It's all up there. But I always, I contribute that. There's two other things that happen in my life that have contributed to my success. Dyslexia. Really? Because being dyslexic, I was always embarrassed to write. It embarrassed Mm. me. Because my writing and my spelling is garbage. So... Several times and and Chappelle actually talks about with his notebook and somebody making fun of him. And then he was like, fuck this notebook. Like I'm done with this notebook. Right. And for me, I remember several times where I would have like a notepad and I'm writing stuff down and people would be like, who wrote this? A three year old cuz my handwriting is so bad.
1: I didn't even know you were dyslexic yep. until you came on as a client in the office and we we got, you know, your your you know, some personal information right. just to keep
0: on file and it said it said that. I was like, is this a joke? Yeah, I'm I'm di- but but because of that, it it you know, just like and and before people attack me, I'm just using this as an example mm-hmm. of course dyslexia. I'd rather have dyslexia than being blind. <laughs> however, however when you're blind, All your senses Senses, get heightened. Right. Right? So being dyslexic, I think that it heightened my memory and the way that I work and the way that I handle things. Makes sense. Is because of of my dyslexia and my fear of writing, spelling, right? So that happened. The other blessing is that being told I was dumb. Wow. Being told I was dumb has been a huge blessing because people told me I was dumb when I was young and... It makes me now go, I don't know that. So I'm going to ask for help, right? People that have been told their whole lives, you're great, you're smart, you're amazing, all your ideas are great, they then take on the world, well, I'm the best, and I know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and and everybody should listen to me. And and I'm the opposite where I go, no, Eddie, you tell me. No, Joe, my new right. manager, you, you tell me what I should be doing. Because this is... You, what you're an expert at, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, when it came to real estate, you know, I wanted to get into real estate, I call my buddy Dan, and I'm asking a million questions instead of having the attitude of, oh, I already know how to do this because right, right. I'm fucking great. Yeah. You know, so those are two blessings that have led to my success as a stand up. And
1: not just blessings, I mean, there were two, those are some two big obstacles to overcome.
0: like... That's what I tell that's why, you know, I love teachers because, you know, I had teachers that could have destroyed me. Yeah, right. I had teachers that would ignore me, they would put me in the hallway immediately, that would call me dumb. Straight up call me dumb. I had teachers that would tell me that I was gonna end up in prison, but the other teachers who loved me, who yeah. enjoyed my sense of humor, who knew I was a good person and encouraged me as a person i will never forget true because you know, i mean
1: you you were you yeah those those memories never go away Of I, I know the teachers that i enjoyed
0: i still remember every time right every, you know yeah. kelly kimball uh at gregory portland isd i love that woman because she was the one that would sit me down and go you're so talented and you're so funny steve and you got to be doing something with this yeah. and You got to do this and you got to do that. And we love you. And and then I would get in trouble because she was the tech teacher at Mm -hmm. technical theater. I'd get in trouble and she would tell the teacher, send him to me. You got an issue with Steve? Send him to me. So then I'd go and then we'd chat and we'd talk and and she was just amazing to me. And then coincidentally, because Renee and I went to the same high school, Mm -hmm. there's a guy who was, Renee was his favorite. And that guy single-handedly try to destroy me really same guy oh, the shit. guy that absolutely loved renee what was his name fuck with steve mr. Steve that was mr Yao. <laughs> i don't give a fuck anymore that was mr <laughs> Yao. mr Yao straight up went to my 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 um counselor miss daring hmm. told miss daring i don't want steve in radio television i don't want him in student council i want him out because i i went for student council and got in and then he goes he was in charge of student why council why did you guys
1: have so much conflict
0: i don't know but he wanted to be an he actor. He just didn't like you. I he just didn't like me. You know, and I had to go sit down with Miss Derry and I said, look, radio television is what I want to do. Yeah. This is my future. I, I want to be in radio television. But yeah, that yeah. push
1: you get from you know certain people or teachers is all you need sometimes, right? It really?
0: it, it means the world. And and thank God I had those teachers yeah. like Miss Kimball, like Miss Quick, like um um uh, 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 Miss Hale, Miss uh, I mean, all these teachers that that saw the good in me yeah, and the saw pot- my the sense potential. of humor and and I remember you know Miss Wiggins and Miss Cunningham, they would come up to me and they go, Steve, your vocabulary's through the roof. Steve, you're very intelligent. Steve, you're smart. But I had trouble taking whatever was in here yeah. and putting it on paper. On paper. Right. So. Um, interesting dude yeah
1: and your kids aren't dyslexic
0: <laughs> dude well but I is also, it a genetic well I, I don't know but uh, dude I am so blessed with the most amazing kids and I, I, I cause Renee a personality mm-hmm. valid Victorian um, you, you give Renee a, 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 an assignment she's gonna bring it back to you perfect nice right however her street smarts her business savvy. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm high IQ business, yeah. high IQ common sense. And Hi, you guys complement each so other. So I told her I go, thank God our kids got the best of both of us right. instead of the worst of both <laughs> of us. <laughs> and you'd point it out too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, any questions, Rick?
2: No, you guys covered a lot.
0: Yeah, no, we we've been friends for what twenty years. Yeah, well. Since 06. No, 06, was it? Um,
1: and I i mean, even before we were friends, I, you know, I got to see you on stage
0: a bunch of times. And I mean, I never thought. Man, but that's, dude, that's what would drive me crazy, man. Like, I, I tell people all the time. And, and I think, and I don't want to name any names, but one of our mutual friends is going through what I was going through 10 years ago, where you know you're good. Yeah. You walk on stage, you fucking murder, but nothing's happening. And you're in so, the right place doing it, right? Right. LA, I'm at the comedy you? store. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not kidding you. I was one of the only ones that would get a standing ovation in the OR. I remember getting a standing ovation in the OR and Kevin Hart coming to me going, you're the funniest motherfucker on the planet. You know, um, Chris, uh, Chris Spencer. Right? Um, Is that right? Chris Spencer? Yeah, Chris Spencer. Chris Spencer would come up to me all the time and he's like, dude, he's like, you are a monster. Yeah. A monster. Even compliments from Latino comics is rare, right? (laughs) I don't get any. I don't get any from Latino (laughs) comics. Um, And, and, you know, I I compliment all of them. And and I always say that we need a George Lopez and George Lopez is humor. We need a Felipe Esparza. And his humor Mm -hmm. are their humor. My humor, not necessarily anymore, but they're funny. And we need that. Gabriel Iglesias, probably one of the most talented people I've ever seen on stage. You know, I always tell people that Gabriel, Gabriel is not fall out of your chair, funny, but he's funny. And he's probably the most entertaining people to watch when he talks and the voices and the charisma and the things that he says and the way he says it, I, I, I don't think anybody is that good. At, yeah, at, we, were, at, we were talking about a
1: different kind of comedy too where, where laughter's great, but silence sometimes is amazing, powerful. right? When, when you got everybody listening to every single every word, word. you say.
0: And Gabriel's one of those, right? Yeah. G- Gabriel's one of those yeah. guys that you go to his show and you go, man, I enjoyed that. Yeah. R- Russell, not fall out of your seat funny. However, Russell for me, culturally, I would learn so much. For sure. Yeah, it's a learning experience. It too. is a learning experience yeah. about human beings, about yeah. people, about accents, about different cultures. And you leave Russell's show going, Holy crap, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Right? I didn't know that that they did that in India. I didn't know that the Chinese were like that. I didn't know. And then you but again. Super enjoyable, right? And Super that's why I
1: charismatic. Say, that's why I say there's room for everyone right room for there, everyone. There's, there's something for someone.
0: you know and that's why in, in, you know we have to protect our, our our freedom of speech. It drives me crazy that comedians, comedians have become woke because I'm like, guys, we ha- we can't be woke. We're <clears throat> yeah, not a, we're, but... our, our art form, yeah. Cannot be woke. But it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I,
1: I don't think I remember a time where so many comedians are, are as big as they are at one time. <clears throat> like, I mean, I can count. How many comics can do an arena right
0: now? I, it wasn't Man, I like mean, that 10 it, years no ago, way. 15 years I ago. I mean, Joe yeah. Coy, Gabriel Iglesias, oh, so Kevin Hart, Bert, I mean, Bert Kreischer, Tom Ch- Segura. Ch- Chappelle. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Because, you know, my friend Chavo from System of a Down... Did you ever meet Shavo?
1: No, you told me about Yeah, him. Shavo,
0: yeah. I remember being at the comedy store and he goes, "He goes, you guys are the last punk rock. He goes, Com- stand-up comedy is the end of, you guys are punk rock. And there is no more punk rock but stand-up comedians. He goes, you guys are punk. I almost feel like the hour special is going to go away soon just because oh, of the the attention, attention span, right? Attention span, you know, I can't tell you how many people come to my show They go, you're my favorite comedian. Mm. And I go, oh my God, what special did you watch? And they're like, oh, we just watch you at night. Exactly, right? Just clips. Yeah, we just watch clips. That's so crazy. You know, so I I was even telling Rick, I go, man, why don't we just film a special specifically for clips? For clips, right? You know? Yeah. And then I had another idea where I go, why don't I do Vegas? Because that is the... Vegas is where the whole world comes. Right. Why don't I do Vegas? Tell everybody to pull their cell phone out and go live. Damn, that's a good idea too. And now, because I'm, oh, by the way, I'm playing the MGM Grand in December um, at that the David a, Copperfield Theater.
1: That is a really good idea.
0: Dude, I said it here first before somebody does <laughs> it and claims it. No, but I had this idea to go, yeah. hey, we're all going to film my yeah, special. Instead
1: of nobody
0: record me because I don't want this leaked. Everybody. everybody let me, let's leak it. Everybody, let's go live. Let's go live and tag your friends that you want them to see my special. Right. And now I've got uh, I forget what it is a thousand people in the MGM Grand going live. And I have not heard of an idea like that. Thousand people going think, live. I mean, I mean, think it's a good idea. How many people does that touch? Right. How many you get tagged? So you you know if you're going live. Yeah, then... you tell them what to tag. Yeah. Tag Steve Trevino. Mm-hmm. Tag husband. Tag you know. Tag this, that, and the other, and tell your friends that you're going live. Yeah. Right. Because we already all know I'm going live. Tell all your friends. Get ready. You're gonna watch Steve trevino from Great Vegas. idea. Great yeah. idea. So nobody better take it. <laughs> Rick might want to cut that part. <laughs> no, no, no. It's better that we say it and leave it on. Yeah, so
1: we have the date. Oh, right? We have the <laughs> date stamped
0: when we did it. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, I'm so glad you came. And, and yeah. so, so those of you that don't know, Edro works for my, man, my, my management company. They also manage Joe Coy. They also manage Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel is actually performing in Austin this week. So Edro, because we've been friends forever, said, hey, man, I'd love to see New Bromfels. I'd love to hang out with you. So he came. Not at, to be on this that's what fucking I was say. podcast. Not to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, but again... Things happen for a reason. Yeah, then. and, and, and I, got
1: to, I get to see the place, and and uh, you we've been talking about me visiting for a while, so I'm glad we're able to make it happen.
0: You know, and, and Renee's family situation, again, it was a blessing because last time that Renee had to run off and take care of her family, mm-hmm. we had Maz Jobrani booked. So me and Maz, he came in via Skype mm-hmm. uh, our Zoom or whatever we do now, and we had Maz. And then Renee yesterday on an emergency had to leave to... Mm. Um, oh, so when M- you guys
1: had Maz last week, was Renee on? Renee was not on. Okay. But like I
0: said, it was one of those things where it yeah. was like, oh, I have somebody else to bounce off of. Right, right. Right. And then this week, you have. Have you ever video. done it by yourself? I've never done it by myself. No. Have you had your dad on? Uh, dad's not much of a talker. You did do it one time by yourself. <laughs> did I do it one time? Oh, I did do it one time yeah. by, um. by myself. But, you know, to me, this podcast is more about lifestyle, it is more about. What Renee and I go through yeah. as a family. Um, we decided not to we don't hide anything. You know, we bring our arguments here. Okay. <clears throat> we we talk for real. Yeah. Um I mean, I'm sure open. it's a
1: form of counseling for a lot of it's a form of counseling right? for me. <laughs> All right. And and Renee. But yeah, I mean, people come up yeah. to us and they go, Man,
0: we learned so much about ourselves yeah. by yeah. watching you guys, right? So um absolutely amazing. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um what do we got going on? We, we got Hawaii coming up. We got um, this weekend sold out. Uh, the week after that, I believe, is Cincinnati, Ohio. And then we have Brea. We added shows yeah. in Brea. And then I'm taking a week off. And then Hawaii. Then I'm taking two weeks off. And then we come back strong in Virginia Beach. Nice. So looking forward to seeing you guys. As always, Aztec Chevrolet. Man, those guys are amazing. As a matter of fact... One of my good friends is now ordering a Denali from them right now, and they took care of it absolutely immediately. I will also tell you a little secret. If you're looking for a GMC Denali uh, Yukon or Yukon XL 84, Aztec Chevrolet has several coming in right now that are not spoken for, and they're hard to get. Also, Old Salt Coffee, veteran-owned and operated coffee company. Why are you going to the store to buy coffee when it can be delivered to your home, Chirino 10, my friends at Pick Cherries, God bless them. I love them. Download that app because that app could change mine and my wife's life. And then you'll never see me on the road ever again. <laughs> uh, anyway, we love you guys so much. Thank you, Edro. We'll yes. see you next time.